everyone, welcome back to Left Page. So, finally, as I get back on track fully and up to date with all Patreon content, welcome back to the Writer's Desk, episode 4. So, for this one, September 1, and I made it 4th because of September and birthday. So, <laughs> what I'm going to talk about today is what I'm working about pretty much all the time, which is sci-fi. Yay. And I want to talk a bit about a, a, a relationship between present, future, and past, and history, and politics, because of course. So I, I did a, a workshop for Romancing the Gothic in terms of uh, writing sci-fi, and I approached three different themes. I approached uh, sort of world building in terms of like literal planets, <laughs> so literal world building. I approach it in terms of like non-human species and both intelligent and not in terms of flora and fauna. And finally, I talked about AI, which was really, really fun. I mean, they were all great. So what I... But in terms of why I'm talking about this and why, why am I mentioning all that, I first worked on how to present sci-fi in a way. And I know my definition of sci-fi is um, it's taken from Damon Knight, which was an early 20th century sci-fi writer, and he was in a group called the Futurians, and uh, of which the most famous one was Asimov, but there are many others. And uh, I know all this because the <laughs> friend of mine she got a PhD last year and she studied them. Uh, really great research on them. So. Damon Knight's definition of science fiction is science fiction is whatever you call science fiction. So you call something science fiction? That's science fiction. <laughs> uh, never mind. Uh, I, I, yes, it's it's a bit, uh, you know, uh, but it's, a, it, it's as good a definition as any. Um, there's very little inherent to science fiction as a sort of like, you can argue in terms of like, oh, this is hard sci-fi, this is soft sci-fi, or this is speculative fiction, but the lines are incredibly blurred. So for me, like, I, I just, it, it's all science fiction. It's all science fiction. <laughs> so if, if the Horvanger can say all's horror, I can say all science fiction. So, and in, in saying that and elaborating a few ways of understanding my own writing of science fiction, since it was a writing workshop, I, I realized something. And I mean, I already knew that, but no, not in these terms, and I really like those terms. Because I, I've said it before, uh, which is something a teacher of mine used to say, quoting someone else. <laughs> you know, it's how these things go. That we always look at the past, you know, th thinking in terms of history and as historians, we always look at the past with the glasses or the lens of the present. And... That is always a contradiction, and that always engenders contradictions. Because you, if you remove the the glasses or you, you remove the lenses, then you're inhabiting that past. You, you're, and then you're no longer studying it. Then you're being in that time. And you know, if we're writing history, then we're, we need. It is important to acknowledge that it is being done in the present. That's where our writing is and that's connected to that writing however if we don't realize that we have those lenses then you know then it's going to be anachronistic then we're not going to miss we're not going to get a lot of the beats or a lot of the situation that we're trying to understand and research and 
well, what I realized is that when we write, when we create the future in terms of science fiction, we're looking at the future with the lenses of the present, obviously, in the same way, and we're looking at the past in order to write the future when doing so. So let me, I mean, to take an example, we a lot of what has been done in terms of science fiction, in terms of, you know, galactic empires or whatever, and done well, not to say that hasn't been, but it is the carrying of a particular historical past that we're familiar into the future, or in, it can be like alternate history. So, oh, what past event and a rewriting of a particular history. And that is, that is looking at a past in an angle in order to look and create a future with that angle. This past, the, 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 again, it's all about understanding what you're doing in terms of writing and conscience and being self-aware of this. But history is carried into the future, thinking in terms of... I mean, a particularly notable example is the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown, where it's basically a sort of future Roman thing. And there's a lot more to it, but a great deal of the aesthetic and the conceptualization is... Roman, of the Roman Empire. Or even then, when it is a sort of feudal recreation in the future, or it is uh, <laughs> a particular type of imperialism, I mean, that's a lot of the time what it is, uh, and domination and exploitation and colonization in all the bad sense of those words. So that is definitely something to be aware of in what ways are looking and are creating into the future is at times quite direct understanding of our own present. And and that goes both ways. That can both be in terms of empire or in terms of a different perspective of decentering humanity in terms of space exploration. I've mentioned it before, but To Be Taught If Fortunate by Becky Chambers does that. How can we explore with, not even considering colonization, but how can we explore in a not necessarily damaging way, like taking ourselves as the center of everything and creating or exploring and understanding. And it's done really well, but again, it expresses a different type of perspective that exists now. And that is relevant because that's what's being done in this case, <laughs> it's not really something that we can escape from. It's uh, it's counterproductive to try and escape from our present. It ultimately more hinders than helps. It is much more interesting to like, okay, so these are my concerns. And do I want to do something with them? Do I not? In what way? And uh, that allows uh, a, a sort of other level and other potential to your own writing. And, you know, the last one I was talking about horror and how horror can does that in terms of what we're engaging in terms of fear and what is scary. And in terms of science fiction, what is a future that we want, that we don't want, that is good, that is bad, what is playing into those expectations? And, you know, the whole thing about dystopias and utopias, which is a pretty massive concern on my end. You know, and that is reflective in terms of science fiction as well. And our own stance in it is reflective of 
or not reflective, my mistake, is indicative of that. Because my the reason I write YouTube, or I don't write them yet, but I want to at some point, the reason I am so focused on researching utopias is precisely because there are so many dystopias. And because it is a sort of gloom or dystopian moment that we're living through, putting it in no sense. It's pretty horrifying, but, you know, uh, my, my qualms with dystopias will be a thing still for a while <laughs> but it is in this sense uh and that and for other people that exact reality is the reason why they create dystopias for me my, my question is beyond that so that's why I, I reject that but our own engagement and our own perspective and notion of it create produces different responses and what we recuperate or recover in terms of creating the future will tell a lot about us so let's take an example and one that i'm familiar with uh brave new world creates this sort of other consumer thing and uh, chemical bliss whatever and the only other alternative is the most egregious imperialism. <laughs> or as I mean, we mentioned this in the first episode, which is still the most downloaded one. Would you believe it? Uh, pushing up to 700 or beyond 700 even. Never mind that. It is very interesting to engage and to be aware of how do we create futures or alternate realities Ultimately, that is connected to our present, to our ideas, and to what we are thinking. And that is something that needs to be engaged and understood to a great degree. Because, I mean, that's the point. Like, that's always going to happen. And the closer we can get to being more aware of it, the better for us and for our writing. Because, I mean, I've been do talking about this in a very particular angle, but that also happens negatively in terms of, you know creating other planets and species that fall into racist, anti-Semitic, anti-Romani, and so on and so on. It can be awful. It, it can come up in ways that are just horrifying. And being aware of our engagement, like, oh, why is this character like this? Or why is this species like this? And, you know, if you really want to get down and into the world building is a spe well species aren't really monocultural as we can attest <laughs> not 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 in the slightest i mean countries aren't monocultural regions aren't monocultural planets will never be monocultural unless it's a sort of unity thing and it's a consciousness kind of thing unless it's that then it's not going to be monocultural and even then you, you you probably could find some way for it not to be Hmm, that's an interesting sci-fi concept. Feel free to use that. I'm not sure I will, but I'll keep it on the back burner. Um, feel free to take it as a suggestion. So, the way we world build, the way we create, and the more we get into it, it allows us to understand our own biases, Joe. It. So, again, talking about decentering humanity, in what ways do we value creation and understanding flora as intelligent life? The question goes further. What, intelligence li what intelligent life means? What does sentience mean? What does sapience means? What do we consider as value, as conscious, as independent? And what isn't? Why are these particular things justifiable in dominating and these others aren't? 
Th these are the questions. These are the questions. Why, or if you, in, in, to follow that theme of empire, why recreate the Roman Empire? Why recreate a feudal society in space? Why is that important? Why is that the example? Or why is that the structuring? Is that, I mean, in, in terms of a particular idea I once had in, in terms of science fiction, and I, I might write, I don't know, but I had created this type of society with this incredible levels of violence and intrigue and espionage and opposition and internal distraught and what held together this sort of external larger stability was a, a, a sort of power balance with it what did i do i created i recreated feudalism in space that's what i did and it was like oh so that's <laughs> what does that t tell me in terms of perspective that the only way for uh society to be sort of inverted commas, sustainable, because, you know, that, that was part of the point that it wasn't, um, because the, in terms of balance of power and a lot of agents with a great deal of power, um, that can sustain larger structures for a while, but those balances, if the scales tip, things go wrong, as things did in, you know, uh, feudal societies in Europe and during the medieval ages, as Crusader Kings will tell you. Uh, very good games. So yes, that tells you one way that I engage with societies in terms of violence and how that power can work. And in another way, the other creations, other environments, other societies and other species that you create or imagine in terms of science fiction will engage or not with other types of biases. As you know, as it has been done, unfortunately, in Star Trek, and how you know the meta, the Cold War metaphor is so <laughs> unashamedly present, uh, while also commenting on elements of the Cold War as well, with having you know uh, in the original series a Russian officer on the bridge. So it is. That can be done interestingly, that can engage in interesting ways, but that is usually that that can be and usually is connected in some ways to a personal, a political, a social angle that you're trying to work with. And that isn't bad. Not, I'm not to say that you shouldn't create, recreate space feudalism or um, Roman space, Roman Empire or whatever. I mean, Asimov did that <laughs> in, in a great deal of way. It is just that engaging with that particular nuance that, oh, this is what I'm doing, gives you the benefit of playing with that a lot more. So like, oh, if the Roman Empire or feudal societies did that and that, um, do I want to go that same route? In what way? Do I not? Do I want to bring something else? Then, then you're really playing with something. Then you're playing with history, then you're playing with present, and then you're playing with future. And that while not necessarily playing with time. <laughs> you can play with timelines. I don't mess with time travel as... for my sanity. <laughs> I do not mess with time travel. But you can, and, and you can and you do all that. In a sense, you, inverted commas, time travel by engaging past, present, and future. As, you know, we, we do when... Uh, when creating political theory, when writing history and when studying history, we do that. You know, my concerns are past, present and future as I research utopias via Ursula Le Guin. 
that it is. I'm very well aware of that. Like, it, as I, I mentioned my reasons for studying utopias in 2021, which for, can be the exact reason why some people find it impossible to study utopias in 2021, or why exact, or exactly why they turn to, dy to, to dystopias. And you don't, you're not, you don't need to have a particular response. Oh, this is the response that you need to have. I argue my point about utopias all the time. You don't need to agree with it, but I'll. Uh, it's an argument. I don't want to push anyone to doing what they don't want to do or they don't enjoy doing. So, what what ultimately I I want to get across with this particular point about sci-fi and looking at the future with the lenses of the present is that we are that is that is happening that's always happening and that is inescapable but that's not a problem on the contrary that can be one of our greatest assets in doing that because we don't escape our time we don't even if we cut off ent entirely from society, we our, our lived experiences are still there and we're not in the future. <laughs> uh, we're still influenced by the world we live in and the present. And in all the present means in this case, in terms of society, in terms of culture. So we're, uh, being aware of that and playing with that, knowing that we are gives us a lot more tools in our arsenal in terms of writing and in terms of engaging with politics as well. So um, I wrote a novella last year that was <laughs> these eco-gothic witches, which was pretty damn fun. <laughs> and it played with horror tropes. It played with the idea of a haunted house, but it's uh, not a haunted house and a haunted space station. And, you know, it's not really haunted, but kind of. And, you know, there's, there's witches coven, but they're very, very cool and good. And just, and, you know, cosmic horror starts coming in. And then things get weird. And there's a dynamic with a particular type of empire. And the whole discussion in terms of an industrial metal-driven empire kind of thing. And, you know, a, another ecological type of society and living and engagement. So, you know... A lot to play with that. A lot to play with that. And I can't but encourage that. If it's something that you want to mess with, go f by all means, go for it. It's, it's so much fun. And that's one of the things I enjoy and I find liberating about writing science fiction. It allows me to reinvent everything and play with everything in a way that it requires a great deal of awareness in terms of my engagement with the present and the past. That never really goes away. But I can play a lot more in the sense that like, okay, because, uh, you know, I'm a historian. I care about fidelity. I care about historical fidelity to things. So to write in terms of, and, you know, cultural respect and all that, which I think everyone should. Uh, so writing in the present for me, it is a concern, and, and that research, I, I, I don't always feel like, because I want to do something huge, I don't feel, you know, as I'm the best person to do that with my limited experience. So I, I, I go elsewhere, I go into other dimensions, I go into the future, and that's interesting and helpful to me.
So, yeah, I, I think that's a good point uh, to sort of end on in terms of what type, way, and engagement with science fiction can we have, do we want to have, and how can we do it? It can be incredible. And, you know, being aware of the tools and the environment that we're creating, it it, it allows us to do so much more. And I think that's why I keep hitting this point about awareness and conscience over and self-knowledge over writing because it's never going to be complete but the more that we have it the more we can play with our own writing and I think that is the best thing to be able to do this play so yeah thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this writer's desk and yeah thank you for being here thank you for supporting me so much it it really means everything and yeah i hope you enjoy this one the i'm wondering yeah no by by the time this comes out uh the episode on solo with solo punk magazine is already out so do check that out if you haven't it was a blast and yeah i hope you had a, a good month september and oh October is going to be fantastic. There, there's, there's real treats there. So yeah, thank you for listening and for supporting me. And we'll talk to you soon.